0: Hello and welcome to The Playful Life. I'm so glad you joined us today for this episode. Today I'm talking to Kevin Harper. He is the president and CEO of Food on the Move in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And this conversation is not only going to inspire the pants off of you to like go out and do something amazing in your community, but it really does get to the heart of what it means to be playful and to live a life that is meant to engage with others and fill up our own souls and our own cup as we serve and do great things in the community. Oftentimes we feel like we want to change the world and it's such a daunting task and there's so much to be done, but really it does just start with a a simple act of kindness that we can do for a neighbor or a small way that we can help our community that spreads and grows and grows. Enjoy this episode. Welcome, Kevin, to The Playful Life. Thank you for joining me today.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to play in the sandbox today, so.
0: (laughs) Awesome, I love that, I love that term. Um, So Kevin, you are the president and CEO of Food on the Move. Uh, they're in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So um, I've told listeners and viewers a little bit about that already. But um, I think, as I mentioned, I, I'm really curious just about your story, your personal story, um, maybe what attracted you to this calling in life and, and how you <laughs> kind of got here.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. So, no, uh, absolutely. So, you know, honestly, uh, I'm kind of corny in the aspect that really my whole life, I just I want to leave this world a better place. That's really kind of been my driving force of everything I've done. And really, my entire adult career has been in nonprofit in some way, shape or form. And I honestly, something that I don't know what from a young age is I love to be that person that I can help. I'll do it. Uh, it. It's kind of it can be a sickness because if I know I can help, I'm going to do it. I usually overextend myself sometimes or all the time. I get in trouble with my my team a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I sometimes will do for others to my own detriment. But it's just I love whenever you see someone just at click or they can step into their hopes and dreams. And if you have something that you can help someone do that somehow, man, I love to be a part of it. I, I don't want the credit, but if I can help somebody, I, I I love to do that. And it's been that way for my my entire life. And I've had some interesting things happen. And I've been able to serve literally in, around the world in different places with some interesting stories there. And uh, and really, for the first 17 years of my adult life, uh, the, my nonprofit realm took place in the church. Uh, so I was a, a pastor at one church. And then I switched over to a, a mega church where I was a senior pa- or executive pastor of like 7,000 people. And so that was a, a lot of fun with some different environments and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, everyone, their life has that moment, that critical kind of moment that things kind of crash down and things happen. And during, you know, I'm in uh, at the church and working and then uh, find out that my, you know, my marriage dissolves. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and didn't I didn't see it coming. And so that didn't work well with the job. So I moved back to my hometown and was living in Tulsa. And then, you know, worked at a bank for a little bit, which wasn't me. <laughs> uh, I was a manager, but it was kind of a good time to heal because it's like eight to five, not really doing much. And and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with this. I can't do it anymore. And I got back into nonprofit work and I became the director of marketing and business development of a wonderful organization called the New Leaf. And I, I got to employ people with developmental disabilities and autism. And we used horticulture therapy. And Oh, I love my clients. I love working with them. And through that, I was trying to find a way to you know, find some really good jobs for my autistic clients. And I got into aquaponics, which is really, it's indoor growing. You're using fish and you're using what looks like gravel, but it's clay and its, its own ecosystem. But it was so great for, for our clients. Uh, and I was doing a news, a news brief on Channel 8 here locally. And there was this other guy, that was doing one for a thing called Hop Jam. And this guy's name was Taylor Hanson, local Tulsa musician. So we start talking and uh, I tell him what I do. And he's telling me, well, hey, I've got this nonprofit. And I was like, oh, I'd love to come and volunteer. Well, at the time at the New Leaf, I actually had a three acre farm and we would grow produce to sell. That's one of the ways we employed our, our clients. But about a third of everything I grew, we gave to people in need. So I started giving to Food on the Move. And my first time to go out to volunteer, I'd go out to the event and there is, you know, Taylor... Pulling the stuff out of his own truck, he's setting up the stuff. I'm like, "Well, this is a guy that I can I can really work with." Well, then over time, fast forward, uh, I'm helping him kind of organize it with the 501c3. I write a job description for my job. i have given him candidates to to interview. And he's like, "I think you're the guy." I'm like, "Okay," <laughs> and so it just kind of happened that way. And I, I said, no, "I don't have to like your music, do I?" And uh, I'm, a, I'm a country fan, and and he and so you know he didn't find that as funny as I did. Uh, but i am older than than taylor you yeah, i'm i'm 46 and he's 40 so i was i was older when umbop hit the stage uh, but you know he is an amazing musician but i think what it is is just following his heart uh, I, the guy's heart was so sincere and so real and he really wanted to make a difference in his city and i saw that shine through and the hours he put in and his own money he put up and i was like absolutely and then over time you know i start going to concerts cuz started taking donors and, and now I became a Hanson fan, which, uh, which I, I'm proud to be a very talented group. I was impressed, but like I said, as a, as a kid, I was just, I wasn't young like that. I was already in college when they hit it. So uh, it wasn't, wasn't my scene, but then I, I really appreciate probably, you know, they're very talented and they do a lot of great things, but the heart behind Taylor is just incredible. Uh, and so that's kind of how I got into where I'm at now and getting to serve a community and, and make a difference in a way that I never knew I would. And it's it's really exciting.
0: Wow. This is amazing. There's so much to unpack here.
1: <laughs> so, oh, yeah.
0: I, I think like the one thing that really stands out in your story to me is like that. I, I think so often people think that the lane they're in or the thing they're called to do like initially in life is the thing that they have to stay mm-hmm. doing, even if mm-hmm it doesn't work out, even if it's not really fulfilling them or, or right, some life change happens and they just have to go mm-hmm. a different direction. And I think like that in itself is what like I talk about is playfulness, is that ability uh-huh. to flex and change and say, oh, okay, well, where does God want me now? Interesting. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And like getting hooked up with a musician and doing like this thing and you're like, what? <laughs> it's just like that, you know, to me is is really the definition of embracing life in a very playful way. So I'm, I'm so mm-hmm. glad that you shared that. Um, so, and, and I, I love that, uh, the, a new leaf, you talked about that. We have an organization similar to that here. Um, it's, uh, I forget what it's called, but they're, uh, they're members of my church and they do, uh, very much that same thing where they employ, you know, children and adults, uh, you mm-hmm. know, young adults and, uh, with disabilities and autism and share, you know, produce and, everything like that. So I think that's, that's awesome. Um, I personally have no green thumb.
1: <laughs> I, I don't either. I just hire smart people. I'm not smart. I know that I just hire smart people and they made me look smart. That's the secret to life, right? You know, we just, <laughs> and I start to learn a little bit of it, but Hey, it's, it's kind of fun.
0: That is but, so good to hear because uh, my husband and I have so many like hopes and dreams for what we want to do. And I'm like, but we don't know the first thing about growing food.
1: <laughs> yeah. I understand that. I don't either. But that's why I have such a I have a great ag team and they call themselves the ag droids because they're kind of weird. They don't have iPhones, which is really offensive uh, because the rest of our team, we have iPhones because that's that's what the right thing is. And it's annoying because when you have group text, you can't like name that group text when someone is an Android. Uh, And so the program director over that calls them the ag droids and then they geeked out on it. So uh, they kind of remind me that they would be a subset of that TV show, The Big Bang Theory. Uh, if you've ever seen that, that yes. that's our Aggroids, but they are brilliant. And I tell them they they make up words when it comes to what they're talking about with all the stuff they need. Like you're making that up. That's not a real thing, but uh, but they do a good job. So I'm thankful that to have them on our team.
0: That is awesome. <laughs> yes, yes, very true. Like if it's not your zone of genius, find somebody whose it is yeah. and employ them. Absolutely. So, you know, I follow obviously Food on the Move and I've been following the organization now for a couple of years. And I think one of the things that really sticks out to me is that element of this isn't just drive up or walk up and get food Mm -hmm. and go home. It's so much more than that. It's about building a community and Mm -hmm. like there is music and there is fun and there's kids activities and and there's all this this sense of play really. And it's not about... Well, I'm needy, so I need to go and, and get this help. It's it's really inviting in that way. And I I love that. So so I guess like maybe tell, you know, tell us, tell listeners and viewers, like how is it different than, you know, say a food pantry or you know, just an organization that I mean not the, not the, yeah. to diminish food pantries
1: at no, all. No, no, you're doing, not at all.
0: But um, but how is it different?
1: Yeah. Well, um, if you don't mind, let me go back a little bit in my story to kind of set that up why. Uh, the whole idea is keeping that dignity, and and why that's important. I think there's there's two things I did in my life that really changed me a lot. Uh, one of them, I did a trip to Chicago where I did some mission work for for stuff, and we went and volunteered at this inner city soup kitchen. I'd never seen one like it. When you walked up, the volunteers, it was set up like a restaurant, and they had someone out there, and like there was a host and hostess there. And like a homeless person would walk in, they'd seat them. they would come take their drink order. Then you'd bring them salad, just like a restaurant style. Then afterwards they clean the plates. they bring them dessert and coffee. And you would see people just sit there and just talk. Just like, you know, just old men at a coffee shop kind of thing. And that moved me because it was like, people would walk for over a mile just to eat dinner here because it was that, that restoring that dignity. Because sometimes we take for granted, I can go into a restaurant and do that. And so that that always sucked to me. Uh, and then... I did some work in Africa and I did something very interesting. I don't always tell this story, but it is a big part of what I I did. I called my contact before I went there. I said, Hey, what what do you need? What what do you need? We're coming. We're going to reduce we were doing a whole big playground for kids. Then we're going to go do some water wells and scout that out. I said, is there anything you really need? He goes, yeah, we need a lot of condoms. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. (laughs) And, And he explained to me, he said, well, what happens is women are treated as property here. And the men will go out to the fields, they'll work, uh, they'll sleep with whoever, they'll come back and they infect their wives with HIV and AIDS. And then the children do the same. And it's a very high concentration. I was like, well, absolutely. Uh, So this is a point where I'm a senior pastor at a smaller Baptist church. So Baptist church, you know, that's kind of interesting. What I'm thinking, so I just go to my church phone, I call up con- Trojan, and I'm like, hey, I need to order 10,000 condoms. And the lady's like, why? I go, I'm going on vacation. <laughs> and she's like, and I know she looked at the caller ID, and it's all the churches. They're like, what in the world is going on? I said, I'm kidding. This is what I'm doing. Uh, and, and to this day, the, the leadership of that church, the beacons still don't know I did this, but they probably will now. Um, <laughs> so we literally, we got 10,000 condoms shipped, and one of the guys owned a pawn shop. So we filled the two suitcases full of, of, of condoms, and literally I smuggled them in to Africa, to Morocco, almost got busted. That scared me. But then when we walked into the women's shelter and we handed those suitcases over, the ladies running the shelter, they started bawling because they're like, we can, we can protect our women. And those two things just kind of hit me that no one should ever feel like they don't have dignity. No one should ever be treated as property or have to figure out a way to keep themselves safe. Um, and so that's kind of the part of the DNA of what we do with Food on the Move. You know, we really, we're not a program, we're really a movement. Because what we want to do is we go into a community, we'll go into a food desert. And we're going to bring a lot of fun and a lot of excitement because it's got to be hard enough to say, hey, you know what, I don't have anything in my pantry. I've got to go somewhere and ask someone to give me something. That, that's a very humbling, very difficult place to be. So we want to take all that away. And so when you come up to one of our events, you always hear us before you see us because there's a DJ at every event. It's the right thing to do. And when your founder is a pop star, I think it's a requirement, you know. So we do that. And then everyone gets a 30 pound bag of fresh produce and then they get a meal from a local food truck Uh, because food trucks are really cool. They're really trendy. But when you're living in North Tulsa, deep into a food desert, chances of you eating from a food truck is pretty slim to none. And those meals are donated from those food trucks. Uh, And then we have like 20 different community partners because. Food's that first domino, and when you don't have food, there's all these other things that begin to, to impact. So we'll have people doing cooking demonstrations and recipes. We'll have uh, divots, which is domestic violence. We'll do health assessments. we we'll do kids' art table, and then you'll do the cha-cha slide and the cupid shuffle, and, and you see all that. And the whole point is to have fun. And everyone that's in that event, they're equal. They're the same. Uh, we have one of our volunteer compositions. They're, they're called ambassadors. I love them. And I always call them. They, they carry around those soccer mom carts, those blue carts that you pull out. You know, when you're at the soccer field, their job is to walk with our guests. They load their, they take their produce and they go through the tables with them. They walk up to their car. They load their stuff, and their job is just to talk. Why are you here? What's going on? What What do you need? How can we help you? And what we do is we essentially we go into this community. We bring all these resources, like hey, one stop shop, single parent. You know, we target the last part of the month because that's when SNAP begins to run out. And we're like, what else do you need? What's the framework? How can we serve you? We, we do food access. We do education. We do innovation. We don't transform communities. I don't live in your community. I have zero business telling you what needs to happen in your community. But I can do this. So how can I help you here? And really, everything that we've done has been forged from just listening. And really, at the core of what we do, our guests are the number one. The biggest important thing that we do is, what do you need? How can we serve you? And then how can we come alongside you? And what we really love is seeing our guests just move a step. Maybe they move a step, they get snapped. Maybe they get tamped. Maybe they one of the people there offering jobs to get a job, uh, they start volunteering with us. There's all these opportunities, but we like to see people move one step because our desire is just empowering people and say, hey, this is where you are, but you don't have to stay here. I know that there's this idea you have to stay where you don't, and we want to bring whatever resources we can to you, to your community, so you don't have to do that. So that's kind of the whole idea of what what we have going on. And from there, we really launched into a bunch of other things, but it all goes back to those community food and resource festivals. It's just getting to the heart of what's really going on and how can we serve a community by listening to that community first.
0: Yes. Bingo. That's, that's (laughs) I mean, that's so true. I think not that organizations don't have their heart in the right place, but I think it's uh, often much of the same you know oh mm-hmm. well okay go to this place fill out this form you'll get on snap you go to I mean it's very much like well here's the system it's supposed to help yeah. And yeah I feel like so many people just fall through the cracks and that and and even just having access you know we we find that people just find that barrier to entry sometimes so difficult like mm-hmm. you know it's scary to go somewhere and fill out a form and what if I don't understand what's on it and you know all these things that kind of cross someone's mind when they're in that situation um so i and i love that you bring that to the community so um you you talk about a term food desert and uh-huh. i i often use this term but i'm curious how you define it how your organization defines that because i think they're more common than we think
1: oh, <laughs> oh absolutely i mean 54 of the 77 counties in oklahoma have food deserts It's it's crazy but so we define it in an urban area. Uh, if you don't have access to fresh affordable produce in a mile radius of your home, you know, you, that's a considered a food desert. And there are several just in the Tulsa area. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and what's crazy is when there's a food desert, there's also a companion to that, which is even worse called the food swamp. That's a new term that I'm hearing. That just labels all of those that fast food junk food that you have, because when you don't have access to something, you're going to eat what's around you. And if you think about it, I mean, what's right there? There's there's all these fast food places, there's a there's a local you know convenience store or whatever it may be. You're not getting anything healthy, anything good, because really food is medicine. When when we eat right on the front end, it makes a difference. And what's crazy is the area we serve in Tulsa, there's a 13-year difference in life expectancy from, from North Tulsa to South Tulsa, all because of health and eating, not because of anything else. The people make exceptions all day long, but it's lack of access. And when you don't have lack of access, it makes a difference. And we like to say a community without a grocery store is like a house without a kitchen. It's really not a home. And when that grocery store leaves that community for whatever reason, all those other rest, all those other businesses, they go away too. And now you've got a over after over years, you have a a steady decline in a, in a in a community that shouldn't be the case. And so we want to go back in, and our goal is to really work ourselves out of a job and reestablish that local grocery store and, and yeah you know, we want and not that we you know, I know there's a big job but we want to put hunger out of a job we want to give give it back to the community what do you need what do you want how do you do it boom let's let's make it happen for you and cuz we don't want to tell you what to eat we want to bring the right things to you because it's your community so
0: yes yes resounding yes so uh, <laughs> my my passion you know other than than this is like health and wellness you know and and that's mm-hmm. very much part of what i do and and it's it's so disheartening when i go and help out at food kitchens and stuff like that again it's a lot of canned foods and packaged mm-hmm. powdered foods it just stuff that isn't healthy stuff that kind of yeah. perpetuates the epidemic of obesity and type 2 diabetes and all uh-huh. those health you know risk factors that that make the life depend uh, life expectancy so much shorter in those areas. And so I love that you're focused on that as well. It's not just, well, let's just collect whatever food people had left over yeah. in their pantry and give it to you. It's, it's actually like feeding the soul and the spirit and, you know, the nutritional part of it. So yeah. that's um incredible. Yeah. We have so many so many food deserts and thinking about it in my, uh, my community here in Hammond. Um, I'm, I'm just South of Chicago in Indiana. So we are, uh, you know, we, and it's funny because if you have a car and you have gas, you can drive 25 minutes and get to a whole foods and, you know, get to all these places. But if you're talking one mile radius and people don't have cars or, you know, money for gas and all these things like, yeah, it really is, a desert and you yeah. know people are eating i i say the flaming hot cheetos diet where
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> yes ta- our talkies,
1: ta- talkies are the thing yeah uh yeah and, and they don't know how i mean like and it's funny because we have a program that we're teaching some really cool things at a local north tulsa middle school uh friday is a food justice day where we focus on food deserts like what it causes it but we also every friday the kids learn how to make something healthy from the garden. Uh, and and it's really been exciting because we break them up into into companies, and they have and those companies during the week on Fridays they turn into restaurants, and they have a a manager and a scribe, and and we have like here's a, here's what we're gonna do, and they get to tweak the recipe, and they do a top chef compete against the other companies and things, uh, but they learn to eat things that are healthy. Like we'll create a healthy fruit roll up, and then we'll bring a regular one in, and we'll read the ingredients, and we're like, if you can't pronounce it probably shouldn't put it in your body uh, and and last week I guess they did uh, apple nachos and so they you know they had apple slices and some yogurt and granola And there's different things they put on it and then the kids get excited and they, they're eating something healthy. Uh, and last year in the program the kids were introduced to 41 diff- new fruits and vegetables uh, and they just they are eating more fruits and vegetables now and that's exciting. but a lot of it is when you grow up in those areas you're talking about, you don't have access. You don't know what to do. You don't know, you're not learning to cook anymore and all those things. And when you can begin to introduce that at a young age and get kids excited about it, that that's where you start moving the needle. I mean, it took a long time for us to get here. It's going to take a long time to get out. But if we can start with the youth of today, helping them get access to fresh affordable produce, that's a game changer as they get older because that fuels their body in a positive way and not those nasty empty calories. And like I said, talkies are the things our kids are eating and I think my my team that teaches on Friday, they hate the word talkies. Like we need talkies. <laughs> you know? So it's like something it's, it's just kind of funny. But but that when that's all you have, that's all you have. And and it's really a sad reality. Uh, and I think in America we talk about hunger, and I think we talk about it all wrong. We food security and food deserts, they're two different things. But I think food security is insecurity, is a bigger issue than even a food desert because People, a lot of people have access to food, like you're saying, but it's not the good kind of food. It's empty calories. It's not that's going to help you. It's just like it's filling my belly for the moment, but it's not helping my body. And then we wonder why we have all these health issues. I mean, Oklahoma this year will spend $1.4 billion on medical issues directly related to how we eat. I'm thinking, what if we flip the script and we're proactive with that 1.4 billion? I mean, how much would that change things? It's not rocket science here. I mean, like I said, I'm not the smart guy in the room and I can figure this out. So surely someone smarter than me can like write the bill to make that happen. But, you know, we're we're fighting that battle.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And it's unfortunate, but I think the the general solution as the world sees it, or, or you know, maybe even science sees it right now as well, if you're obese, here's a pill, you're diabetic, here's a pill, you got cholesterol, here's a pill. And you know, people are on, you know, some sort of maybe socialized healthcare and they get these pills for free. And it's like, you know, I mean, it just makes sense that that's the solution because it's a whole lot easier to go mm-hmm. pick up a prescription than to worry about, you know, yeah. well, how am I going to, I don't even know how to cook broccoli, right? Like, yeah. like you're saying, if children yeah. never grew up with that stuff, it's just a perpetual problem that goes from generation to yeah. generation. And most kids probably don't even know. What is it? Corn? That's, I think, the main ingredient <laughs> in Takis, <laughs> other than yeah. all this stuff we can't pronounce. But they probably don't even know that you know where that yeah. a potato chip comes from you know this potato and it looks like this and there's yeah. red ones and purple ones and you know all this different different stuff so that- oh yeah and it's it's
1: and it's i'll tell you what and you're talking about the playful life you want to have some fun put in a, a garden i mean like we have our kids growing like, at Monroe, that class like last year the kids grew 400 pounds of produce which is amazing but we're we're doing fun things we're doing purple green beans and purple carrots and all these different things. And and they're just love like, hey, this is really cool. And there, there's something about when when a kid, like, they put the seed in and then they come back and it's boom. Oh, wow, I'm doing it. It just blows their mind. And then they're more solidified to want to eat it. And the great thing is now you got the positive peer pressure to mom and dad because as parents, you know, like, oh, well, my kid's doing, I've got to do this. And, then, and so now we're just kicking the can down the road the right way. Uh, and that's the fun part about it. But really, gardening can be fun. And, and you know, there's enough YouTube videos out there because you can learn or find somebody. But what we found is you get their hands in the dirt. It's something fun. And the kids begin to like it. And they see the fruits of their labor. And then when they see they can make money out of it. Wow. It's like they love that, too. So it's a, it's a lot of good, positive things. And at the end of the day, we're doing all this stuff. But what the kids don't realize is, oh, well, we're really kind of helping you change the way you eat. Oh, and we're reinforcing your core classes that you don't realize so your math and science you hate, you've been doing it all day today. <laughs> Surprise! So I guess we're like a ninja that way. We're kind of Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. Uh, uh, well, so the the one thing that's interesting to me, I've, I've never been to Tulsa, so I don't know what the weather is like there. But I'm sure you've been to Chicago, and I don't know if you've had the pleasure of being Chicago. in Chicago in February, but it, <laughs> it's awful. So, you know, I'm curious, you know, you had talked about aquaponics, and that is something... Uh-huh. That I'm very interested in, you know, for moving the direction of my nonprofit because that's just the thing. You can only grow food outside here for so many yeah. months. And um, you know, and then and then what? So, yeah. so I'm, I'm curious, is the weather in Tulsa like conducive to growing food all year round? Is there like, how do you manage that? yeah,
1: water? you can. we you get you get creative because Oklahoma is the weirdest weather in the world uh it's like it's like hot one day i mean sometimes we'll experience all four seasons in one day you you just don't know uh but you know you can you know we'll, we'll make some do some makeshift greenhouses and we'll put some tarp over it uh, but we do we like we're pushing this the aquaponics and hydroponics especially aquaponics we're we're getting ready to break ground on a ten thousand square foot aquaponics facility that's going to be job and workforce training and development uh, and what's great about that is you know, you can grow year round. Uh, you're using nine percent less water, which water is an issue, and we've got to be very good with our environment. Uh, your plants are growing 90, like thirty percent faster because it's a constant food source and everything, so they're not fighting for that. And then you have a protein source in the fish that you know every four months you're harvesting tilapia or whatever you want to grow. So it's a great ecosystem. And it's really great for our kids because, you know, it's science needs agriculture. And so if they might not want to go work outside in the heat and sweat and all that, but they like these pod, they like these, these grow beds inside with these aquaponics because it's, it's a different kind of thing. It's fun and everything's organic. So there's no pesticides or anything like that, because that does make a difference. And, you know, if you put pesticides on it, you kill your fish, everything's dead. and Then you, you screwed yourself out of whatever you're going to do, you know? So that's, what's really amazing about it. Uh, so while we can grow and we do grow a lot outside uh, last you know, we had an event on Tuesday. On Monday, we harvested like 700 pounds from our farm uh, to give away. Uh, but we do push the inside side as well. So we really try to attack it holistically. Uh, but I think everyone could do even a little hydroponic tower in their house that, that you can just grow your own lettuce right there. It would make a difference. Uh, we have several in our office, and that's where I have my lunch. I'll just go, hey, there we go. We got lunch right here. <laughs> and it, but it's neat uh, to be able to do. Uh, and then the light bulb comes on. Uh, with the students and they're really enjoying it as well
0: yeah okay cool thank you for addressing that and i'm excited to see the development of that facility and, and how that goes and maybe even take a, a field trip down there when you, 100%. <laughs>
1: when you get it going <laughs> i love to do that yeah maybe um, I'll, I'll, I'll face i'll facetime you for sure when we do the groundbreaking so you can kind of see it so that'd be oh, great
0: <laughs> excellent yes i would absolutely love that um so so yeah you know i briefly when we had talked before you you did say you know there were some exciting developments going on there with food on the move and some new things Mm -hmm. so and we talked about that educational piece and the aquaponics um, facility um like what else is is kind of going on what are these ideas coming down the pipeline
1: (laughs) (laughs) so I well the uh urban farm i just told you about that's phase one uh really what we're doing is a food campus and so it's like, so we spent since 2014, just listening to the community, listening to what's going on, assessing the situation, knowing how to, how, how can we combat that? And then building partnerships. Because so with us, you know, we believe in transformation and partnership. We do food and we do it really well. The other stuff we don't, and I'm not going to reinvent the wheel, which is why we have great partners in the health department. You know, we have great partners with people like hunger free Oklahoma who are, uh, you know, they do the, the advocacy and policy, and they ha- they push the SNAP benefits. So we, we have all these great relationships with our food bank and other people, and we have those set up. And because of those relationships, we're launching our food campus. So phase one is the urban farm, so it's going to have the 10,000-square-foot indoor growing, but then a training area and packaging and stuff. Phase two is a food hub, and a food hub is something really needed in Oklahoma. We have a lot of agricultural space, but our mid and smaller farmers, they can't sell that food in, in a way that will keep that farm going. They sell what they can at the farmer's market, but they just really can't. They The bigger retailers, they don't want to buy because the farmer might not do enough for them. So this food hub, we're going to aggregate that food together. So it's like, we'll be able to work with several farms, bring that all together under one, so that we can, we can guarantee, okay, farmer, we're going to buy all that from you. Now you go sell what you want at the farmer's market at a premium, that's fine. We'll buy the rest of it from you that you can't sell, and we'll aggregate that together. And then we'll be able to sell it to like, One of my dear friends and and a partner is AJ. He owns Oasis Fresh Market, first grocery store in North Tulsa in 14 years. Uh, I think it's the first black owned grocery store in decades. Uh, And he's an amazing guy. However, I can go to AJ's store, I can buy my produce. I can go into Tulsa and Brookside, in which I can hit like four grocery stores with a rock, buy stuff there. And I'm buying, and it's it's a higher, more affluent area of Tulsa. I'm paying more in Brookside. I'm paying less, I'm sorry, less at Brookside than in North Tulsa, Asia, he pays more because the system's kind of against him. He, and they're getting from the same supplier. He's paying more for his stuff. He's getting less quality. Well, we're gonna grow and sell directly to him. And I can sell to him at a better rate. It's all organic. Uh, and so we wanna be able to help him stand up strong. So that food hub will be a part of helping that independent grocer. Cause that's the person that's gonna go into these food deserts and make it make it last. Big box store is not going to go into a food desert and establish a grocery store because there's it's just, gonna, they know that people will drive to them, but that mom and pop shop, they're going to go into there. So that food hub in Oklahoma is designed to do that. And then we'll go on to phase three and four. We've got a training and event center with a demonstration kitchen, an outside community area, and then finally a model for just a, a small grocery store that trains people how to launch their own stores. So, uh, and through all that is entrepreneurship training, workforce development, health assessments, because really we want people to have a baseline. Of, okay here's where you are your health so here's what you need to start eating uh, and even at our events we like to hand out these sheets and say okay physical aspect here's maybe you have high blood pressure here's things you should eat you have this here's what you should eat on the mental side hey but like a focus and there's just different foods so we try to empower people by giving them that knowledge and that's an educational piece and then the innovation side is the is you know the food hub or the hydroponics the aquaponics and things like that so collectively it's a food campus and it's designed to be able to be replicated in any community. Uh, and our goal is to establish this, raise up people in the community, let them run it, and then, hey, let's go launch the next one uh, and turn it over to that community and let the community dictate how that's going to go. So that's kind of the big exciting things that we have going. And you know, then we small things, we just launched our first podcast uh, last month, which is exciting, yes, and we got yes. our second installment coming up. And I'll tell you what, the second installment is going to be exciting because uh, AJ from Oasis Market, He's the person that we were interviewing and every month we're going to interview a, a, a mover and shaker. So we called it And AJ is the thing that they make Red Bull from. He has that much energy. I mean, he's just the most exciting individual. And so I, I tell you what, he, it's a, it's a really, it'll be a fun thing to listen to his story and what drives him and, and what he's overcome uh, to salvage this grocery store and doing such a great job with it. Wow, so that's awesome. a little bit of what's going on. on yes, the move, so. <laughs> Cool.
0: And I will share uh, the link to that podcast as well, oh. you know, and all this and as well as any other, you know, things to to share. So, um, and I, and I, I love too, that it's, it started, it's, it seems like it started very locally and then it grew and then mm-hmm. it grew. And I think oftentimes we get so caught up and well, how am I going to change the world? This is such a problem. You know, I mean, it's a, problem in my community i know it's a problem Mm -hmm. in other communities in the nation in the world like just like you said putting hunger out of business and Uh, it starts with us it starts with what we mm -hmm. can do and you know like i said my husband and i are very passionate about this and we just love following you know you guys are all doing and and we just hope to model you know someday our organization off of what you guys are doing and obviously we're very small we started very small what we can do but um, it's hopeful to me to see that you have the vision for this to grow mm-hmm. outside of your community and in Tulsa, and Oklahoma, in general. And is that is that kind of the hope that this
1: oh absolutely maybe nationwide absolutely? And you know, and I'm not interested in, in being the CEO of a uh, you know a nonprofit that has all over the nation. I'm interested in saying, hey, here's our model. Okay, let's help you launch it, and then you run that bad boy because uh, it, it's not for us. It's not a proprietary thing. It's an empowerment thing, and And it started grassroots. I mean, it started with Taylor being inspired by a man named Ambassador Edward Perkins, who was the first ambassador. He's a black ambassador sent by um, Reagan to South Africa to dismantle the apartheid. And that's when Mandela was released. It was in prison. Matter of fact, there's a picture when Mandela was getting out of prison that uh, Ambassador Perkins is there holding the door and helped him get, you know, was there because he was instrumental in getting him released. And he became the president uh, of South Africa, which was monumental and when he came back here to the States and, and he met Taylor and he became just a mentor of Taylor's and Taylor looked at him and said, look, you brought this whole country together. How can I make a difference in my city? And he's like, start with food. It's a great equalizer. So food on the move from 2014 until November of 2019 was all volunteer led, all in kind come together. It was a whole idea of like, Hey, it's like your neighbor. Hey, I've got to dig a ditch and you've got a shovel and you've got a rake and you've got a wheelbarrow. Let's all bring together. And that's how it all started. And then it just grew from there. And uh, So it's funny because like we've kind of blown up here recently, but it wasn't because overnight it was since 2014 to 2019, digging it out every month in the community, dealing with it, bringing in volunteers and serving and learning. Uh, so it takes time. And then we figure out how to create a model. And uh, so, you know, we've kind of uh, done the whole work and we can tell you what not to do. We're really experts on, Hey, don't do that. <laughs> uh, which is probably the most helpful thing people can do. Uh, and on the flip side, we'll tell you what works. You know, we, you know, we know our information isn't proprietary. We want to give it away. If if we can help somebody in a community launch something to make a difference, man, we do it every day of the week because that's how we that's how we change a, a whole country as we do it together. And we share those resources and that knowledge because you know there's no sense in reinventing the wheel. Someone tried it and it didn't work. Then hey, how does it work? And what what works for us might not work for you, but we'll share what we have. And like when you're ready to, to get going with yours, let us know. We are happy to just tell you what trade secrets we've learned because we don't keep them secret. <laughs> I will say the most valuable thing we learned, and I'm a Friends TV show fan, a nut for Friends. I love Friends. And our word around the office is pivot. You know, like when Ross is taking that, that you know, we're always pivot. Yeah, that's how we are. Because, yeah, you know, we start with plan A and we end up with plan like plan Z because we're always having to pivot. Um, but that's what you do uh, because I, I remember one time we were serving during COVID, which was a whole different gamut. And uh, Rusty comes and says, hey, "Kevin, it's going to rain night. What do we do?" I'm like, well, my skin's waterproof, and people are hungry. Um, let's get a tent. And so we got this huge sixty by forty tent, and people and our guests drove underneath there and popped their trunks, and we loaded them that way. But you're always pivoting to find out. Okay, we're not talking about just giving something. This we're talking about hunger here, and a real issue. So you can't just take a break because of the weather. You got to figure out how to do that. Uh, and then when you're talking about you said you know making a difference, Russio always uses the term starfish. You know that that story that hey you know there's that the sea is just, this seashore is full of starfish and there's kids throwing them back and this guy goes do you really think you're making a difference and he goes well I did to this one, uh, and we go back to Milton. He's a, he's our superstarfish. He's our first starfish, uh, and uh, he was in our program at Monroe and came in at seventh grade. The principal last night, I mean, he's not gonna, I'm sure he's gonna do. He's just not really clicking. They've talked about, he's talked about dropping out and he found our program and just, just fell in love. And straight A student now running the systems. Now he's in high school. Well, we've hired him and now he runs our aquaponic systems that we have. So after school, he'll do that. But he also goes back to that middle school, the last hour of class and helps teach it, you know, and like he's just one starfish of, of, of many. And, you know, you might not change everybody. But I can just hit, make a difference in one. And that one is another one. And it, and it has a domino effect. Uh, and so we really try to focus on the individual. Uh, I know we want to make, we all want to change the world, but you're not going to do it all at once. But one person at a time, we all can. So That's nice. my spiel. I can, talk, I can probably talk too long about it. <laughs>
0: this is great. Oh, wow, Kevin. Thank you so much for, for sharing. And I agree. What an amazing call to action just to, start somewhere, affect mm-hmm. one person's life. And, um, you know, just, just think about a need that you can fill and go out there and, and try to fill it. So you've inspired me today to, to hit the ground, you know, running and, and do some actionable things, you know, in our charity. So, um, you know, where can people, I guess, like connect with you guys Is you know, following oh, yeah. on social media or, or donate to what you got going on? Like,
1: Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> we we have all the social media you know facebook uh, instagram uh, twitter linkedin it's all food on the move okay uh, or com is our website our website you can find out what we're doing sign up to to volunteer you can donate uh, so there's you know a lot of big things happening there uh, we've got a big cool thing happening on uh, november 29th so we'll we'll be pushing more on that out in teasers so we got some cool things that we're going to talk about on that day right there uh I have a press release on some fun stuff but just exciting things and yeah i encourage you yeah check us out you know and if you have questions and wherever you're at if you got a question let us, you know you can you can ask us we'll, we respond pretty quickly but i would encourage anybody man wherever wherever you're at you're, wherever you're listening whatever you do look around you because there is someone that you can make a difference in there's an organization that your volunteer hours make a difference we have a deep bench of volunteers and every one of them are needed it may that's what allows us to do great things uh it's individuals and whoever listens to this podcast uh, who whatever you want in life whatever you love to do there's a way you can serve that way and you can make a difference in someone's life so all you gotta do is just take a few hours a week it will not only help somebody but it will change your life because when you serve you learn so much more about yourself and you appreciate what you have uh, and then it becomes contagious i think
0: <laughs> absolutely like that is again like the way to live playfully you know i think yeah like god didn't god made us able to see and interact and talk and touch and feel like for a reason we're not mm-hmm. just having this solitary experience on earth like we're meant to be in community we're meant to mm-hmm. know each other and like you said sort of you know enjoy the benefits of being able to reach out and serve and help someone else so
1: oh 100 percent. Oh, cool
0: all right. Well, thanks again, Kevin. I just honor you for being here and all the work you guys are doing. And, uh, you know, God bless you and all these awesome future things coming up.
1: Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to, to talk with you. And if you're in Tulsa, let me know, or next time I'm in Chicago, I'll holler you. Maybe we can connect and see what you guys are doing. Um, but I appreciate it. And I just want to say thanks to your listeners for giving me some time uh, of their day and I hope you guys have a great day.
0: Excellent. Thanks, Kevin.
1: Right, thanks. See ya. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. If someone you love would benefit from this message, please, please share this podcast with them. And if you want more out of your life, not just surviving every day, but you want to truly thrive, visit me at crystallizedhealthadvisors.com or on Facebook to schedule your free dream strategy call with me today. Do not hesitate any longer. Life is short, and I want you to truly live the playful life. I will see you next time, and as always, stay playful.